Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Inches Podcast, the podcast that looks at sports partnerships, event sponsorship, and how digital is affecting the industry. I'm your co-host, Nick Lawson, co-founder of a company called Squad. We're helping sports teams and events connect fans to sponsors digitally through digital activations. As always with me here, Rich Franklin, Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships for the Oakview Group, AccraShare Arena, and AHL Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, Rich, today's topic is entitlement areas in your arena. Um, which again, I think we've talked about walking through arenas and, and, and kind of seeing the open space, but never dove into uh, this very specific topic, which obviously can be a really, really big value add for a lot of partners. So I guess I'll kind of start this off with, for those of people who are new to partnerships, um, what is considered an entitlement er- area in your, in your arena and sports partnership? Well, an entitlement area, Nick, can, can take a lot of, of shapes and forms, but it's basically when you take a, a portion of your arena, and that can be anything from the parking lot clearing through to the restrooms and everything in between, and you basically brand that as being a, a sponsor's particular branded themed area. And I think what we want to talk about today is you know, what are some areas that you could be thinking about, uh, you know, what some of the obvious ones are, and then how does an entitlement also work hand in hand with consumer engagement? Because, you know, entitlement used to mean, well, it's the your name here bar, or it's the your name here seating area. But I think these days, entitlement areas more and more also involve a, a fairly high level of fan slash consumer engagement. Mm-hmm. And I think what we want to talk a little bit about is how do you make that second part in particular happen? You've already determined, okay, it's going to be the your name here uh, fun zone, uh, you know, out in the center field seating area. But what are you doing in connection with that to really bring that branding to life and to um, and to activate the the sponsor with the the fans that are in those areas. Yeah, and I think a, I mean a key way to really stand out in partnership, as we've talked about on this podcast a lot, is just one creativity. But the thing you always bring up, which is the the so what, right? And it's the idea that you're pitching a brand. They're sitting in the meeting and they have a giant sign around their neck. Uh, that basically says, so what, which really brings in the context. So um, I think a big piece for the entitlement areas is to what you just said. Um, this isn't just the Coca-Cola concourse, right? Where Coca-Cola's logo is put on every concourse sign. But, you know, how can we take this physical space that's in our arena that gets a lot of traffic and turn it into almost an immersive experience kind of for the brand? So I guess the next question is, you know, obviously it's going to matter uh, brand to brand, but from what you sold in entitlement areas in arenas, what is the biggest kind of benefit to the brand or the so what that you've really been able to see uh, within selling those spaces? Well, the, the biggest benefit or the biggest so what is that we're going to take a portion of our physical space and we're going to devote it to you and to your brand. And what we choose to do in there, that's really where it's going to kind of be the variable. But just for fun, why don't we take 
um, the idea of the Coca-Cola concourse. Since you brought it up, that's as, that's as good as any. Um, so let's take that as an example. So let's say you're pitching Coca-Cola on sponsorship of the Coca-Cola concourse. And of course they say, so what? what? What do we get out of that? Well, here's some things that you're gonna wanna think about. What are we gonna, first of all, how is the brand gonna be displayed in that concourse? Will there be special um, uh, Coke products that are only available there? Is there going to be some sort of a, uh, you know, those, those Coca-Cola uh, machines where you can push the buttons and create your own crazy flavors? Is, is that going to be there? So first of all, what's going on in the Coca-Cola concourse uh, as far as the product itself that's going to set it apart from the same Coca-Cola that you could buy at a concession stand on the opposite side of the, of the stadium? Uh, so maybe you're looking at it from you know specific products. Now let's take a look at like what could we do from a consumer engagement? We know that that's a real big thing for Coca-Cola about, uh, especially these days with younger fans and younger Coca-Cola drinkers, you know, they're doing some crazy things with like different flavors and limited time and things like that. You know, is there an opportunity to do, um, you know, some sort of a Coca-Cola branded selfie area where there's going to be, uh, you know, a different theme going on there. So, because these days, let's face it, it's all about not just going to the event, but it's also being able to tell all your friends that you're at the event. Mm -hmm. So there's sort of a cool thing that allows the consumer aside from the product itself to also have a unique um, uh, brand interaction and brand engagement. And as I say, that could be something like uh, maybe there's a, a, a wall or a backdrop that a couple of times a year, you're changing out uh, what the what the logo looks like or what the branding looks like in in the back there, uh, in the background rather. Um, could it be something like, hey, we're going to this is going to be the spot. Uh, Coca Cola is about experiential, where we are going to have opportunities to get your picture taken with players, uh, where there's going to be uh, something else that's very unique. So I, I've used the word unique a couple of times. And I think really, Nick, that's sort of the word that you have to keep in mind when you're talking about um, uh, entitlement areas and, and tying in with the fan experience. And that is, what are we doing or what could we do to make this particular branded area unique, this particular entitlement experience, just that, an experience, but also a unique experience that is only going to be associated with that sponsor grant. Yeah, and I always think back, I, I use this this example a lot because I, honestly, I think it's one of the cooler one I've seen, you know, from all of our clients, but um, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast, but the Windmere uh, bar area that you all had at the Winterhawks, and I think they still have, where it was the idea that there was this bar area right on the glass. Um, anyone from any section could go there and watch the game from that table, but obviously, you had to kind of buy that Windmere beer to be able to be in that area. So again, taking that space, which was kind of the corner of, of the stadium and saying, hey, Windmere, we're not just going to say this is the Windmere corner. This is going to be a space that actually pulls fans to this area, creates a great experience and relationship between the brand 
in the fan and builds that reciprocity of, you know, I love Windermere beer because I can go to a Winterhawks game, sit right on the glass, even if I'm all the way up in the nosebleeds and kind of experience that. So I think really kind of with what you tapped in on was that pull factor, right? Of again, how can we engage that consumer to actually pull them into that area um, and make it unique on that. But one of the, just to kind of complete that example or complete that thought. So yeah, you're right. We took the Widmer, the Widmer brewing branding and we took it and we put it into a very unique experiential spot, but then we took it a step further. And the step further was Kurt and Rob Widmer are like beer gods in, in the city of Portland, Oregon, right? So several times a year, unannounced, Kurt and Rob Widmer would show up in the Widmer corner and you could stand there and they would engage with you, buy you a beer, talk about beer with you. So suddenly, excuse me, suddenly you're in the Widmer corner and you're having a Widmer beer and you're sharing that Widmer beer with the two brothers whose name is on the brewery. So there's, you know, taking it even to that next step where not only is it a cool place to be, not only is it a chance to, to watch a game from a unique spot that has Widmer branding and Widmer products, but like four times a year, you wind up standing there sharing a beer with, with the guys that started the brewery back in 1984 or whatever it was. So, yeah. and, and so then what happens is, you know, people are taking their selfies with Kurt and Rob Widmer. They're putting it out on their, on their social platforms. We, the team are down there. We're snapping pictures, putting it out on our social platforms. Hey, if you'd been in the Widmer corner tonight, you could have shared a uh, Widmer Hefeweizen with Kurt and Rob Widmer. So there's that, you know, that's the unique, that's that really cool um, kind of extra mile factor that really adds a lot to the experience. It's a very memorable thing because people are going to say, geez, remember the time we were down here and shared a beer with, with Kurt and Rob? Um, so it's that kind of stuff too, just to kind of take it that extra step of unique space, unique branding, but also a unique experience within the space. Yeah. And I think that's perfect for what we've chatted about in the past, where that's a unique experience where at least in Portland, especially with hockey, Winmer can't purchase that anywhere, but with you all, they can purchase a sign in the corner or, you know, even a bar in the corner, but the access to, you know, have their founders come out, buy beers, engage is something that they can't access anywhere. So um, really, really key to kind of think about that. Last thing as we wrap this up, as far as where these entitlement spaces are, I'm curious to get your feedback on taking a space that maybe doesn't have great foot traffic yet, but you're hoping that the entitlement pulls fans there or finding a space that already has high foot traffic and you're using that as the reason. Is there kind of a science or an art to picking, hey, where in our arena should we actually place this based on you know how fans move about the arena? Well, I, I think the answer is it depends. Um, you know, in some cases you've got the built-in foot traffic there already, um, and you can take advantage of the built-in foot traffic, say on a concourse, just to make the the experience of that particular area all the better. But option B is okay. We've got this space over here. It's maybe not quite as naturally traveled. Um, but we could do something very cool and unique to monetize 
uh, what is essentially dead space. Mm-hmm. And in the example that we just gave with uh, the Widmer Brothers um, uh, uh, beer garden area, that was completely dead space. We had nothing going on there. It was there was no seating there. There was, you know, kind of kind of an usher standing there, making sure that nobody, uh, you know, came down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there was some seating behind that area. So basically, the only people that were going through there were just traversing uh, to get from the the uh, lower concourse over to their seats. But it was like, well, wait a minute. This is this is a phenomenal opportunity here. Um, now, I'm not saying you can entitle every broom closet within your arena and think that you're going to have wild and crazy success. But maybe you can. Maybe you can create a speakeasy uh, where it's sort of, uh, you know, the equivalent of the secret menu at a lot of restaurants mm-hmm. uh, where you kind of got to know where it is and people you don't promote it too heavily, but maybe word kind of gets out and suddenly, whoa, there's this cool um, experiential place that not everybody knows about. I mean, I think people really like um, those kinds of, of little Easter egg type things uh, that, that you may not be fully aware of, but they're just the right combination of exclusivity and unique um, activation and, and consumer engagement. So I, I think the bottom line here is think about the obvious. Also think about the not so obvious in terms of the physical space. Don't even get me started on, on the metaverse and <laughs> virtual reality and all that kind of stuff uh, that may be down the road as we were talking a couple of weeks ago about that kind of stuff. But just in physical space, Think about what's what's the obvious, what's the not so obvious, and then within that space for that sponsor, aside from just putting a logo there and saying it's the Coca-Cola Concourse, how do you make it special? And how is it featuring the product? And how is it creating a unique experience for the fan so that the fan, no matter where they are in the arena, says, you know, I really got to go down to this area. Uh, a, a great example of this, Climate Pledge Arena, in Seattle uh, has the living wall. And this thing is good grief. It's got to be 150, 200 feet long and like two or three stories high. And basically it was just this big kind of wall uh, within Climate Pledge uh, uh, Arena. And they could have done a lot of different things with it. Well, they turned it into a living wall. It has got plants growing out of the wall. And it's all sponsored, you know, as part of the Amazon partnership with the Climate Pledge and, and greenness and sustainability. Well, now you've got this wall that everybody's got to go see because it's got ferns and stuff growing out of it. It's really incredible. If you're ever at Climate Pledge Arena, go, see, go check out the wall. Um, but there's an example of taking a space that it would have been really easy just to slap another big vinyl uh, wall wrap up there and called it good and uh, okay uh, you know Amazon uh, we're going to have uh, the big Amazon smile up there or something like that but they really thought about it what's the message that we're trying to drive uh, trying to send how do we make this a destination so I don't know exactly how they do it but they've got this entire two and a half three story tall wall that's got to be you know like I said probably 150 200 feet long 
and it's just nothing but plants. And it's a sight to see. You walk through there, and people are just standing there gazing at it. It's really cool. So think about not just, you know, what we can do, but what can we do to make it special, make it unique, to make it a destination. Yep, exactly. Well, thanks, Rich, for diving into that um, great overview. Uh, again, as you're kind of thinking through these entitlements, um, creativity is, is, is really, yeah, hey, how do we really represent this brand in this open space to be able to monetize it? But if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Well, if you're trying to get a hold of me and you're on LinkedIn, you can find me as well on LinkedIn. Again, it's Rich Franklin, Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships for Oakview Group. Uh, Acrisure Arena and the Coachella Valley Firebirds hockey team. Or if you want to send me an email, my email address is rfranklin at oakviewgroup.com. And I'm Nick Lawson. You're probably seeing this on LinkedIn, so connect with me, Nick Lawson, that squad. As always, we'll shoot this shout out to everybody. Definitely send us your topics. We'd love to cover those week to week, uh, your questions, your concerns within partnerships. But thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in this week. And remember, keep pushing those limits within sports sponsorship. Mm-hmm.